Welcome to the Readings Kids Book Podcast, a monthly podcast where we talk about anything and everything related to the world of children's books and bookselling. I'm Leanne Hall, a children's and YA bookseller and author. I'm Angela Crocom, a bookseller and occasional author. Today we are going to talk about bushfires and the role of books. Uh, the Readings Children's Book Prize 2020 shortlist, which has just been announced. The new Australian Children's Laureate, who is Ursula Dubasarsky. And also, as always, we're going to talk about what books we've been reading this month. Sounds good. <sighs> Angela, so the reason we're going to talk about bushfires and the role of books is um, obviously, you know, bushfires have been um, a large part of the Australian psyche over summer and you know, a huge and tragic thing that's that's happened um, to the whole country and that the whole country feels affected by. Yes. Um, and we recently held an event uh, that you organised. Maybe you'd like to tell everyone about um, the event Yeah, we held. well, I, um, I really thought that it's something that we've all struggled with ourselves but also struggled with for our children. I mean, it's pretty hard to – you may not let them watch the news, but when the smoke is in the sky above you and in our cities as it has been, it's pretty hard not to talk about bushfires and climate change and uh, the death of so many animals with children. So I really wanted to talk to a uh, qualified psychologist, child psychologist, about how to speak to your children at different age levels uh, about this, these issues and, and also recommend some books that might be a good conversation starter with your children. Great. I mean, I feel like I would really struggle if I got a, if I currently got a customer with this question, I think I might actually struggle to sort of know what to recommend. So, um, are there any sort of key books that you think are particularly useful for talking with kids about bushfires and climate change and the environment in general? Yeah, look, I think there's some, um, some wonderful ones that we have. Uh, a particular one that I really like uh, is called The House on the Mountain by Ella Holcomb and David Cox. And uh, Ella's family actually experienced the Black Saturday bushfires in 2009. Mm. So uh, she had direct experience of that. And, and it's about kind of the, the the preparation for the fire, the family having to prepare and get ready and then the aftermath of the fire. So really kind of taking children on quite a descriptive journey of what might happen. Um, there's also Fire by Jackie French, which is really good, um, and a Phil Cummings one called After the Smoke um, for younger children. Those are all picture books. And then for older readers, there's um, certainly some great novels that really delve into what it's actually like to be in a fire. Uh, so in February, our classic of the month, um, we chose it before we knew what was going to happen over the summer, was Ash Road by Ivan Southall, yeah. which was written uh, 40 or 50 years ago, but really, really captures um, – so well that confusion before the fire what's mm. going on is it really serious do I really need to pack up my life um, and the decisions that people make and how they can have a huge impact yeah 
you know, a few hours later when the fire front is coming. Um, and also, you know, they didn't have mobile phones then, but even now we know that mobile phone coverage drops out yeah. anyway. And so how to communicate with the rest of your family if you're separated um, and ways to survive. So I thought that was a really exciting, really um just thrilling book and that gave you a real insight into what it's like being inside a mm. fire. I'll have to reread that one. I do remember reading that, you know, um, in primary school. So yeah. definitely one to revisit. Yeah. Any others? Uh, yeah, there's a couple of other more recent ones. Um, there's a My Australian Story, uh, that uh, scholastic series for middle fiction readers called Bushfire, and a Justin uh, Dath one that came out last year called 47 Degrees that's also dealing with that topic. So, yeah, there's a bunch of books around about bushfires. Um, and then, of course, we talked about um, – books about death as yep. well yeah um and there's a really sweet little one from the new zealand publisher gecko press yep. called all the dear little animals oh, lovely. which which is about a group of children who spend a day um finding dead animals and even scraping roadkill off the road oh, wow. <laughs> and giving them a, a decent burial Oh, and one of them, it's it's so sweet. And the the little boy, the narrator at the beginning is like, I I didn't know, I never knew anyone who died. I never really thought about death. And you know, they ask questions along the way, and and he writes poems to these animals. And it's just a really lovely book mm. to, I guess, get a child used to this idea that, yeah. um, you know. It does sound like a good one as well, very specifically, you know, for children that feel a little bit distressed learning about the amount of animals killed yes. in the recent fires yeah. as well because I think they can be quite attuned to that <laughs> that particular <laughs> yes. type of grief yeah. over over animals. and Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and then I think the other area that is important is books about climate change for small children uh, and older children so that they can learn more about perhaps some of the reasons why the fires are occurring and why we have more extreme weather. Um, so there's some, a book that I really recommend for all ages is Greta Thunberg's, uh, speeches, yep. which are pretty amazing, uh, called No One Is Too Small To Make A Difference. It's a very small little paperback and it's only $8 and she's just such an incredible speechwriter, very powerful. Um, there's a lovely biography of her in a picture book form for small readers. There's actually two biographies of her in picture book form, um, one is called uh, Houses on Fire by Jeanette Winter and another one is Greta and the Giants, which is more metaphoric but really beautiful. Uh, and then there's books where you can, for older readers, to learn more about climate change, such as um, Karen Wil Carol Wilkinson's Atmospheric, which is a great one from a few years ago, uh, and a more recent one called We Are All Greta, which despite the name actually goes through climate science and talks about that uh, quite extensively. So you get a good introduction to uh, what's going on in the atmosphere and why it might be causing more extreme weather events. Excellent. Wow. So 
That was fantastic. I feel um, quite schooled now and prepared. <laughs> Hopefully everyone listening um, really feels like they've got a few recommendations that might help them start some conversations, continue some conversations or answer some questions um, with the young people in their lives. And I suspect we will see more books coming out on these Indeed, topics. we of, will. Yeah, yes, the climate that, crisis in yeah, the following. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, we need more books. Um, you know, a few years ago there was a real dearth of books about these issues around so I think it's great to have more books to talk about children yep so hopefully the publishing industry will be quite responsive to that one yes excellent so moving along uh, to slightly lighter and happier uh, topics to talk about we've Mm. just recently announced the readings children's book prize for 2020 our shortlist which is six six books for five to 12 year olds. Um, this prize is now in its seventh year, if you can believe it. I cannot believe yeah. it. Oh my goodness. Started back in 2014 <laughs> and it's just been such a prize that we love running at readings. It's for Australian authors um, sort of early on in the career. So they've published no more than three books. And uh, it's just a real opportunity for us to champion wonderful, wonderful books written by people who live in Australia. So, uh, this year's shortlist contains Pie in the Sky by Remy Lai, The Dog Runner by Bren McDibble, Wombat Mudlark and Other Stories by Helen Milroy, Sherlock Bones and the Natural History Mystery by Renee Tremel, The Girl, the Cat and the Navigator by Matilda Woods and illustrated by Anushka Alipuz, and The Secrets of Magnolia Moon by Edwina Wyatt and illustrated by Catherine Quinn. Mm. Yes. So, so Leanne, what's your favourite book no on the shortlist? No one wants to name favourites, do they? <laughs> but look, I've got to say I've got a real soft spot for Wombat, Mudlark and Other Stories, which is a junior fiction novel with a few illustrations and it's a series of really lovely fables um, by First Nations author Helen Milroy, I think who actually also is a child psychologist as well, interestingly. Oh. Yeah, so the stories are full of like um, quite a lot of like um, – like emotional stuff about how um, uh, the characters can be emotionally connected to each other and emotionally kind of resilient. Um, And so I really love that one. But I also have a bit of a soft spot for Sherlock Bones and the Natural History Mystery, which is a junior graphic novel Mm -hmm. set in a museum and featuring – no skeletons and taxidermies, things that <laughs> things that talk. So, how about you, Angela? Yeah, I do like Sherlock Bones as well, very much, and Wombat Mudlark. Um, I also think The Secrets of Magnolia Moon is very, very sweet. It's a, um, about a little girl who likes to keep secrets, and she has a friend who moves away, and so it's all about kind of finding a new friend and finding her way once she's lost a friend. Um, and yeah, it's just a, a charming. Um, very sweet little book. Yeah. And I think the Bren McDibble is fantastic and that um, that sort of deals with – her books deal with climate change as well and yeah. environmental themes and um, it's an exciting adventure story. Great. Yeah. Um, other ones that I really want to read and haven't managed to get around to yet is Pie in the Sky, which is a graphic novel, um, sort of novel hybrid. Yeah, like there's prose yeah, and there's actually comics. more prose than graphic yeah. elements in it. Yeah, it deals with um, immigration and grief and cooking, mm. baking cakes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's always good. Yeah, and also um, The Girl, the Cat and the Navigator by mm. Matilda Woods. Um, is sounds like it's a really lovely, timeless classic. Yes. Uh, folktale style with lots of sort of adventure 
on the high seas. Yeah, and Matilda's uh, previous book by Matilda was also on our shortlist, um, The Boy, The Coffin Maker, and that was very metaphorical and fable-like yeah. as well. Yeah. So I really feel like there's there's a book for every kind of reader on this list, and one of the joys of, of having the Readings Children's Book Prize um, is that when we're in um, the shops recommending to customers, it's just so easy for us to point to these quality mm. books that quite yep. a few readings booksellers stand behind um, and we're promoting local books as well, which is yeah. nice. Yeah, and a lot of the books on this list were on our best of last year, best yeah. of 2019, so it just shows how much we do really yeah. love them. Yeah, if you, if you trust our taste yeah. levels, <laughs> then please <laughs> pick up one of these six books. Very recently, uh, just a few days ago, actually, the new Australian Children's Laureate was announced. So the Children's Laureate is a position that goes for two years and um, they are an author or an illustrator who spends two years kind of promoting Australian books and reading mm. and creativity to young people mm. all and over Australia. They do travel relentlessly around the country. Yeah. It's quite incredible. I actually read an article that was um, the outgoing children's lawyer is Morris Gleitzman. And apparently, um, according to this article, he talked to 55,000 kids in over 200 schools over his two-year reign as laureate. That's and he incredible. also participated in 40 conferences. So Wow. He was yeah. a very busy person. Yeah, you get your frequent flyer miles <laughs> up if, you, if you're yeah. lucky enough to be the Australian Children's <laughs> Laureate. So the new laureate for 2020 and 2021 is Ursula Dubasarsky. And I was so, so thrilled um, that Ursula was announced as the Children's Laureate. Angela, mm. were you surprised? Had you made predictions? <laughs> we were trying to predict My in the office and so we, we failed completely, but I was yeah. utterly delighted. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel the same way. I think um, she's been a mainstay of Australian literature yeah. for so many years and um, such a high-quality author. Oh, so, yeah, amazing. I mean, I was really surprised when I went back over sort of looking at all the books she'd published mm. that she's published in so many different formats and, and age she categories. Has, yeah. yeah, yeah. She can really speak to, to a variety of age levels from picture yeah. books through to young yeah. adult novels. Really, really versatile. But as mm. you said, she's a beautiful writer. There's a kind of, um, you know, hallmark to her writing. Mm. of like It's very lyrical and poetic, but it it's is. quite – Paired back and trim as well. Yeah, yes. And she's yes, always and mysterious. Like, yeah, very mysterious. Yeah. Right? I mean, I like <laughs> ambiguity and mystery. So that style suits me. And also ability to get into a into a child's mind. Mm, yes. Um, and I think some of my favorite books of hers have have depicted what's going on in children's minds in an adult world. So you're sort of mm -hmm. as a reader, you're aware of adult events and adult themes, but you're seeing them all through the eyes of a very young child. So mm. I think it's a real, really amazing, yeah. amazing thing she does as an author. Yeah. Do you have a favourite if you well, were, if I would press yeah. you? It's pretty hard to uh, pick a favourite, I have to say, but um, I did really love her young adult book that was written a number of years ago, The Golden Day. That's one of my favourites as well. Yeah, that was just so magical and um I don't know, it just left me with this kind of very esoteric feeling and just really beautiful. Um, it reminded me a little bit of that, oh, 
goodness. The Virgin Suicides. Oh, somehow. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It also reminds me um, very much of Picnic at Hanging Rock. Yes. It's got yes. that. So it's set in the late 60s and it's a group of Sydney schoolgirls mm. who go out on an outing with the, the very, like, lovely, favourite, gorgeous, you know, the, just the kind of gorgeous primary school teacher that you fall in love with and, <laughs> and he's quite, you know, a little bit quirky. Yep. Yes, yes, and probably shouldn't have been taking them out. Probably shouldn't all. have been taking them out and doing a few <laughs> of the activities that they did that day. Um and the teacher goes missing mm. and it's all very mysterious and odd and unfathomable to these little yes. girls. Yes. Now, the unfortunate thing is that this book is no longer in print in Australia and I uh, beseech any publishers listening please. to us, please, we need this yeah. book back in print. It's such a wonderful book. I also yeah. thought about um, The Red Shoe, mm. um, which, you know, is – is set in the 50s, set in the Cold War times, and it kind of touches on the Petrov affair a little bit, but all through the eyes of, of a little girl whose family is going through some really challenging times, um, and she becomes quite taken with the mysterious people that move in next door. Um, and my other recent favourite is Ask Hercules Quick. Yes, yes, we had to mention that one, which was a best of 2019 in junior fiction. That's a lovely illustrated junior fiction about um, a, a kid who goes about doing odd jobs in his apartment building to very comic yes. and delightful effect. Yes, his, his neighbours are alligators and kangaroos and all sorts of strange characters. So we are uh, incredibly excited that Ursula is the next Australian Children's Laureate. Um, and she's already, you know, there have already been some wonderful articles and things in the news about what she hopes to achieve with her two-year term. And yeah. um, it sounds like her focus is all around lifelong reading for young people and also really, really encouraging uh, young people to join and to use the, the libraries around them, whether it's at school or the public libraries yeah. around them. Great. Yeah. Big fans of championing libraries too. Exactly, yeah. I know sometimes people think that like bookshops might, like we might be like, you know, like. <laughs> anti-library. Anti-library <laughs> or like horrible rivals <laughs> to libraries no. in some way and that's simply not true. No, I'm in my local library all the time. When I'm not here, <laughs> yeah, I'm usually yeah. at the library. And we also, of course, you know, have <laughs> lovely libraries as customers as well. So we feel like there's room for everyone. The last thing that we are going to talk about today is is something that we do every month and that's to have a quick chat about what we've been reading recently that we've really enjoyed. Um, would you like to go first, Angela? Would you like me to uh, jump in? You go first. Go I've on. got two, so I don't know if you want to alternate <laughs> or I'll just quickly race through my two. You know, of course, I can't just recommend one thing. That's too difficult. No, no. All right. So, I've got a YA book. It's called Love Boat Taipei by mm -hmm. Abigail Hingwen. It's a great book about a very serious, very sheltered um, American student who goes off on what she thinks is going to be a very staid study trip to Taiwan. And in fact, it turns out to be this pretty wild, out of control, party central hookup experience um, with all a whole bunch of other Asian American students from, um, or Asian students from all around the world. In fact, um, it's very romantic, a little bit sexy. Um, <laughs> Sounds fun. Delves into political <laughs> stuff, delves into cultural stuff, delves into a lot of like identity kind of issues for young people. So that's great. The other one I wanted to mention was a middle grade fantasy called Orphans of the Tide by Stuart Murray, oh. which is such a lovely, dark and atmospheric book. It's really hard to describe to get across what this book is like. I was really struck by it, but it's it's set in an island city that's supposedly the last city of the world. And it's this small group of kids who um, 
have to solve a mystery and have to stay safe in this really paranoid atmosphere. The city is run by this group of very serious men called inquisitors. And the, the paranoia centers around the sort of the city is under danger, is in danger from somebody called the enemy who is the mm-hmm. God who drowned the world. And the enemy comes back periodically over time to leap into the bodies of unsuspecting humans. And it can leap from, the enemy can leap from host to host. Oh, so as you can terrifying. imagine, it's terrifying. Yeah. And as you can imagine, <laughs> these people in the city are incredibly paranoid. Um, and these children, of course, are very brave and noble and strong and get to the bottom <laughs> of things while also being at great risk themselves. So it's wonderful. Wow. Yeah. Sounds yeah. great. Angela, what? Okay, well, I can also do a YA and a middle. Um, My middle fiction one is uh, the new book by Sarah Pennypacker who did a book, a wonderful book called Pax about a a boy and a fox many years ago that still sells really well for us and is still really popular and is sort of a go-to for for animal stories, Mm. for kids who love animal stories. Um, And it's kind of a dual narration between the boy and the fox. And her latest one is called Here in the Real World and it's just so delightful as well. It's about a young boy whose parents are working crazy jobs set in America. They're both working crazy hours to um, raise the money to buy their house because they rent at the moment. Yeah. And so he gets sent to his grandma's, but then unfortunately his grandma has a fall and gets sent to a home. Mm. And so they send him to this awful you know, like Camp Australia sort of daycare uh-huh. situation that, oh, that he just like my worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Everyone's worst nightmare. Every kid's worst Every nightmare. Every introverted child's worst nightmare. <laughs> yes. Yes. But he sort of discovers this abandoned um church and the grounds of the church across the road. And instead of going to camp, he goes there. And um, he meets a girl there who's busily planting all these plants and she's got this uh, this papaya crop. She's got this whole big plan about growing a papaya crop there. And he starts um, beautifying the castle and oh, no. um, making these waterways, making a moat. And uh, the relationship between them is just really interesting and really beautiful and um, the, the the property is up for sale. So there's kind oh. of this, this impending threat that yeah. they have to save it. Um, and the, the other girl keeps saying to him, you know, because he's a real dreamer, this real introverted yeah. dreamer, and she keeps saying, well, here in the real world, that's not how things are done and you can't okay. save this place. And, um, but it's, yeah, it's just beautiful. I loved it. That sounds great. Yeah. And uh, the adult novel that I read recently came out, um, it's the second novel from uh, Taryn Bashford, an Australian author, and uh, I've been reading books for the YA Prize. Yeah. And uh, it's just a really, I, I was really surprised. It's a romance. I'm not usually into romances, but it, it's all about music as well. So there's two narrators. One is a boy who was in a band. Yep. And right at the beginning, the band go out to go out on a party night. They're on tour in Europe. And he has to go and visit an auntie and uh, they have a car crash and they all die. Oh, gosh. So he's grieving, doesn't want to sing again, doesn't want to do anything. And the girl is the uh, very kind of cosseted homeschool daughter of a um, opera teacher. Yeah. And uh, she's this amazing opera singer. 
And so it's narrated um, alternate chapters by the two of them and you learn a lot about the music world. I had yeah. no idea about okay. some of these things and their different voices and how your voice suits a different style of music. And Excellent. So there's all sorts of kind of um, things that happen in the plot and it, it's quite exciting and, um, yeah, the, the tension between them is uh, very engaging and I was just – Riveted. Right. That sounds <laughs> fantastic. I I feel like there could be I mean, I feel like there's been a few more novels that like YA novels that go into music and love of music, but it's mm. I do sometimes actually get asked for those. Mm. Um because it's such yeah. a common pastime for it teenagers yeah, to learn definitely. an instrument or so it's really nice that there are some books out there that we can recommend where music is very important to young people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and different great. styles of music. Yeah, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it and I definitely recommend it for any music lovers. Excellent. Great, great recommendations. So that's us done for today. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and uh, we will see you back next month for more talk about children's and wire books. But until then, thanks for listening. Thank you, everyone. Thanks. Goodbye. Bye. You can stream previous episodes of the Readings Kids podcast on our website, where you'll also find all kinds of bookish recommendations and plenty of great books, music, film and TV. You can also sign up to eNews or to receive our free monthly print newsletter, The Readings Monthly. The music for this podcast has been recorded by Peter Hodgson and this episode has been produced by Grant Overend. All of our podcasts are recorded and produced on the lands of the Kulin Nation. We respectfully acknowledge the traditional owners of this land and that sovereignty was never ceded.